0: What's up? What's up, bitches? Welcome back to perhaps my most exciting episode of Positively Uncensored because I'm blessed to be joined by both Aussie and Sam today from the ultimatum queer love, which I was obsessed with. I was all over my TikTok, my Instagram. So welcome to the show, Aussie and Sam.
1: Hi. (laughs) Hi, Leah. (laughs) We're
0: so excited to be here. Let's start out with the fact that it's pronounced Aussie, and it's not Aussie, so I got it right. You
2: did. You absolutely (laughs) did. It's the way Americans say Aussie. (laughs) I'm excited about that.
0: (laughs) So there's so many questions that everybody has after watching The Ultimatum, and I think my first question that I'm curious for is, when was that filmed? Like how long of a period has it been for you both?
1: A long time. It was like the fall of 2021. So it's been a good like year and a half. <laughs> is that interesting, kind of redigging
0: things up, and has it resurfaced old feelings, or is it more you can watch it, you know, um, objectively? Definitely
2: not objectively. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely old feelings come up, uh, stuff you've been healing, stuff you've been, um, you know, challenged with. So um, yeah, it was definitely challenging to watch some of the scenes.
1: Yeah. And we had very different experiences, like literally during filming, the period in between, and then for the release. So Aussie was like, you know, not in a negative way, but like in a semi, I don't know, funny way, like banned from watching it in the first couple of weeks because we were just like, all right, like, let's just... <laughs>
0: Protect our mental space. Yeah, Let's exactly. just have to deal with our own thoughts and not bring in
1: everyone yes. else's. Yes. Like so many times Austin was like, oh, I want to like see what's happening. And we're just like, no, you can't no. Even watch other reality shows right now. Like we're not going there. So. You know, it's so interesting. I've heard that. I had a friend who
0: was even on a cooking show and she expressed to me that after you wrap up, especially on a show that's on like Netflix's platform, you have a tendency to not want to watch any reality at all. Like, it's like, I'm so reality um, exhausted for the next year and a half is how she told me she felt.
1: Wow. Well, yeah. Yes. I was having watch parties with my friends. <laughs> that's totally different. Like, honestly, i never even um, watched reality shows before being on one. And I feel like I've been watching them since I was like in middle school. <laughs> This is so
0: interesting. And I love to see the differences in your relationship and the dynamic, because here you are like a reality Stan. And then here's Aussie, never seen reality ever. And just just starts by being on it. Like how cool.
2: (laughs) <laughs> I said to Sam, I, if I knew reality TV, I don't think I would have said yes to it <laughs> Absolutely, in the way that I do now. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I don't have any regrets because it was a deep calling um, to say yes to something that, and, and some of like, some of my friends actually were just, they were like not in agreement with me going on the show. They were just like, I don't think that's a good idea, mate. Like, why would you put your relationship, you know, on TV and have, a, you know, and I didn't quite understand it because I really didn't watch any reality TV. So, but I felt this strong calling. Like I, I'm, I really felt like I meant to do this. So I said, I said, yes, you know,
0: but no regret. I'm glad you did, you know, because if it, if it gives you some learning of yourself and if it. And the way that I think that it helped me, this show, is there were so many different relationships that I was able to watch and so many great communication styles between the couples and especially yourself and Sam. Like You guys were so captivating to me, the whole experience, because the way you communicate is so kind. It's so... I really, truly, and I said this on a podcast previously, I felt like you two are kindred for each other in the sense that you truly understand and try to communicate. And that
1: was beautiful. Oh, thank you. appreciate (laughs) that.
2: Yeah. And and for someone, um, with, you know, dealing with my symptoms, um, and again, this is self diagnosed, um, because we don't actually in this country still have an official diagnosis for it is CPTSD. Um, but I relate to a lot of the symptoms, um, and, you know, going, going by my own, um, analysis uh, when I communicate with her in those moments, it's so difficult because of those symptoms overtaking your nervous system. And so that was what you were seeing in those those shots when I had to take a break because otherwise it wasn't going to fare out well. It was just going to be this person I don't want to be that's going to come out and that's not a progressive or a, a productive conversation that we could have with each other. So, And I'm a spiritual person, so I think that's uh, when you say that it was kind, was I was trying to stay so present, trying to stay in my body (laughs) so that I can stay connected with her despite the nervous system just going haywire. So I appreciate you noticing that, um, and that was the thing, like you really have to try and stay kind, try and stay connected and try and overcome. Um, what what your body's trying to say, run or, you know, fight or, you know, flee or just, you know, play dead. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: That's so true because anybody can stay together. There can be tumultuous relationships where you can stay together, but it takes two people who really love each other and want to come out on the other side to be kind while you're figuring things out. So I did see that the whole process. That's what stood out the most to me. And, you know, I think it's important that people acknowledge that adults are never fully healed. Someone may say, well, you know, by I'm 28, by 28, I should have been in therapy by now. Meanwhile, I started two weeks ago or by 40, you should be completely healed. Things happen every year that can trigger us or bring things up. So we're constantly on a path of healing. And I think that's important for all of us to be graceful
1: absolutely yeah Yeah. and I think we were just given such an opportunity to have these conversations and also see it from both sides because just like society as a whole has always seen the person who is like moving towards as the one who's like got it all figured out and the other one who needs space is like the one in the wrong but it's like that's actually not the case and so there is an unhealthy way of almost trying to force somebody out of a desperation to like have the conversation right then and there. So we're like, we get to like highlight a lot of these things, but actually talk about them because we've experienced it. And since um getting to rewatch um, the episodes and kind of reflect, and even just us talking over the last year and a half, like I took some notes and I went to my therapist and I said, Hey, we're having some sh- like struggles in having a mutual understanding. Can you help give me some tools at how like I can validate Aussie's experience, even if I might not like agree with everyone, but still maintain my own boundaries. And she was able to help me with that. And we've been practicing and it's like, it's so much easier.
0: (laughs) And I think it's important that point you bring up too, that just because one person is not yet on the same page as you, doesn't mean that they, first of all, wouldn't like to be. And that maybe outside out, like, um, you know, things aren't imposing that ability to hold yourself back, you know? So I think that's really great that you say that, and that's a good segue, but do you have anything to add, Aussie?
2: Yeah, I definitely want to um, say, um, add to this, um, what you said earlier, you know, I've been on my healing journey since I would say 19, since I left my, left home. Um, and, in, in, it's only in intimate relationships where these deep wounds come up. And so, my second serious relationship in like, when I say serious, I mean living in partnership. Um, it, the, the roles would reverse. I was the chaser. I was like, I need to fix this right now. No, no, you can't walk away from me. I need to talk, talk about it right now. And so, working through therapy with, um, that situation. I learned that I was codependent. I learned that I need to ha- let that person walk away and have their time and have their space. So I did that work. And then coming into now with Sam, it's like switched. <laughs> and so, but what's coming up for me now, as you saw on 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 the show, is the deeper wound, the deeper ones from childhood, which I hadn't acknowledged, which I had suppressed, which I knew was there, but also, you know, with... Um, CPTSD so memory, you know, you don't remember the trauma. Um, so that's the stuff I'm dealing with. But so it, it's like when you're ready for it and when you have the space and the partnership, um, this person who's not going to just go, okay, this is too hard, this is too much, um, to be able to do that work together is so healing it's 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 more than you can do on your own or even with a therapist in relational therapy so this love is is the balm, <laughs> is is also the fuel <laughs> to get over to get over these like conflicts and, and and acknowledging that hey we're not perfect Sam's not perfect either you know um she's got her own things when she came into this but I know that because I've been there. I've been in your shoes, Sam, What I needed to fix it right now. I, I get you. So having like just compassion for that and, and knowing that we're trying to navigate this together. It's not someone's better than the other or someone's not here yet. It's actually we're both equal partnerships. <laughs> you know, that's what conscious partnership is, right? Equal partners doing this work together, doing our own healing, our own journeys, but we're doing it side by side and supporting each other when we need it, giving space when they need it, coming together when they need it. So it's just having that open communication to do that work is super important.
0: I I have two points to add, and that's inspirational just because one, you would never guess that, initially prior to therapy that, that you were the one who, you know, was like, let's, let's solve this right now, like now. Um, And I relate to that because, you know, sometimes that's me. So it, that's powerful to hear that through therapy, you can really just be more present for yourself. And the nervous system is such a big thing. You know, one traumatic incident, you can be in fight or flight for the next 24 hours. So the kinder we can be to our bodies, um, the better. But the second piece is just, it's, it's so true relationships and having that safe space. Sometimes you can't access trauma and healing until you have it. So it's great that your partnership allows that.
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very blessed. Um, and, and in my previous, you know, relationships, I had been wanting that work to do that work with, you know, my partner, because that's where the growth happens. Um, and you know i'm big into relationships so it's like we're in that you know um what they call a power struggle stage after your honeymoon stage ends. And that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where all the stuff, you're like all the stuff comes up and you're like, how do we navigate that? How do we resolve this? Um, and you can choose. You can choose to end it there and you can walk away. And, and you know, what I found was I walked away a lot of times. Well, I didn't walk away. They walked away a lot of times. But what I ended up doing was um, repeating the same pattern with another person. And it was right. like a different person, but the same situations came up until I heal those things. And then, you know, then I was able to attract the partners that are more aligned, that are more conscious, that are, are willing to do the work. So, yeah.
0: That kind of leads me into my first question, which is sort of for Sam. And I'm wondering did you feel uneasy? So the purpose of the experiment, I rewatch, I call it an experiment just because that's kind of how they word it on the show. Um, but I rewatched episode one so I could see how the show was initially pitched and, you know, they want to see if someone else is out there for the partner who is ready to commit, you know, did that process make the both of you nervous or did it feel like a necessary element to add in? Like, how did you feel?
1: I would say we did, we had a lot of conversations before even agreeing so that we could be on the same page. And so even with some of the other couples, you hear them talking about how they didn't necessarily put certain boundaries on certain elements, or they didn't necessarily maybe talk about certain things. But we tried to do our best to talk about, you know, Where do we stand in terms of what we're going into and experiencing the full effects of what this Experiment was meant to be, which is you are just kind of experiencing a different person for three solid weeks without any interaction with each other. How comfortable are we, you know, with how each of us decides to live out those three weeks? And so I feel like it, there was some level of discomfort, but as Aussie mentioned earlier, we felt this like calling to do it. And so we felt that it was meant to be a big part of our personal healing journeys. And if at the end of it, uh, we were able to get what we each needed individually and personally, then we would receive what we wanted out of it. And so if that meant coming together at the end, then we were going to be two more opened or healed or aware versions of ourselves to come together and i feel like that is what it did so in terms of the insecurity i feel like not so much because we really did set an intention of like individual journeys and in healing first relationship second yeah. and then coming together or deciding not to so um,
2: we also gave ourselves freedom to experience you know do whatever you feel like I trust you. I'm not going to put any conditions over. Like if you feel that you've, you've fallen in love with somebody and you do X, Y, and like it, it was a, a mutual agreement on I'm not going to uh, impose myself in your space. You do what you need to and I'm not, you know, I'll do what I have to But whatever happens at the end of that, and when we come to back together, we'll have to talk about that. We'll have to see where are we with that? Did you fall in love? Did you have... Did you have sex with them? Did you, um, you know?
1: And so we
2: were allowing each other to do that.
1: And I would say, too, I haven't talked a lot about this too much um, or just yet um, but one of the other things is that several several years before I even met Aussie I had explored and educated myself on different types of relationship structures to begin with so um, even just like what is an open relationship and what are the different types and what is polyamory and what is versus monogamy and so I also was uh, coming in from having explored that and uh, read a lot about it and so when it comes to communication and uh, being honest within the relationship about certain things I think that also helped kind of set a framework for how we were able to have certain conversations or think about certain you know guidelines or boundaries in a different way compared to someone who had only knowledge of a monogamous relationship and what that looks like so I think it just gave us more tools to be able to talk about it before even going into it right
0: Absolutely. It sounds like that made you more open-minded as well. You know, so by being educated, we allow ourselves to be more open-minded and accepting and lean into situations in all of our life.
1: Right, right. And that probably could have
0: helped a lot of the other cast members. (laughs) I was thinking that and I was like, do I say it? Like, yes, 100%. I agree.
1: Yeah, because there was some level of like almost feeling afraid to talk about certain things um, because they didn't maybe have the tools to have those conversations or feel safe enough to have the conversations about how they were really feeling and to validate each other's feelings in a different way. So so maybe for people who are going to be going on to the show in the future, just read up on the different, (laughs) how to set the boundaries for safety. (laughs)
0: And you're special, Sam, because you truly have to be very open to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, I find myself to be jealous and I'm in, you know, a heteronormative relationship and it's it's monogamous. And if I thought about my boyfriend, I think I would come across horrible on screen, but <laughs> you, like I'm self-aware. So I, I wouldn't put myself on there, number one, but you know, there's, there's some beauty to being Like open to things and understanding and not only being um, like educated on it, but just being okay. And I think a lot of couples may not have been okay had they talked about it, like hearing their partner's answers may have been very non affirming to the future you were hoping for.
1: Right. right. And that jealousy is absolutely a normal emotion and it's okay to have, but like, are you going to talk about it or are you going to be passive aggressive?
0: <laughs> absolutely. I'll talk about it. See, I'm so open. We'll talk about it all the time. I'm jealous about this. I'm jealous about yeah. this, but it's rare. Like it's not all the time. <laughs> um, Another question I have, and this is, you know, both of you can chime in on this, but this is more pointed towards Sam as well. The the way that you're sort of depicted on the show is like it may have been a turning point in your relationship where you gave the ultimatum. Was it that way, or is that just sort of how we, you know, saw things?
1: I would say. I mean, everything about Aussie's like five year timeline, all of that is absolutely true. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, So that's accurate. Yeah, all of that was true. I mean, the fact that I had been almost solely in long-term relationships my whole life, I never really did the whole dating thing. Um, and so, yeah, like that absolutely is an appropriate dynamic <laughs> between the two of us.
2: Yeah, I think you were in a 10 year uh relationship. Yeah. Um yeah. and then the 4 year one and then mate with me so yeah. <laughs> and so for me yeah it it was just through my experience with my past relationships how I was like figuring out okay how do I make this work where we get to a space where we actually know that this is going to be forever. Um and also you know my insecurities and fears was what I learned through the process and you see that me talking with uh Mildred um where I was like yeah there are some uh, insecurities that I have about marriage because of my own family background you know Um, like seeing my parents unhappy unhappily married um, is just and and through that experience I don't want to put myself you know I want to make sure this is the right one like it cannot it cannot be any other way so there was all these other kind of you know pre preconceived ideas that were false in the end when you really dig deep and explore and actually the experience or the experiment allowed that to happen for, for me personally. So, um, but yeah, that dynamic is very <laughs> and, you know what? That plan. Is-
0: <laughs> and that's very common. First of all, five-year plan is common and so is just not wanting to model unhealthy relationships. It can really drive you into a state of fear and almost to a state of like where you're not progressing, like stagnancy, because it's just where do I go from here?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that uh, helped me say yes to this was because we were at that time in the power struggle stage, and learning about each other and like struggling to overcome certain things. And I was like, I really, you know, I want to get therapy, I want to get a communication coach. And, and at the time, Sam was not ready. So um, we were just at that struggle point. And so, I, I felt like, hey, this is an opportunity where we can work on those things and it's it's gonna force us to do that because we've been trying <laughs> for the last six months and it's kind of in a stuck place. So
1: yeah. And I think mm-hmm. I was also going through my whole spiritual journey at the time too. And so what was first and foremost for me in terms of my healing was actually um, learning about my spirituality and learning how that played a part. And we were talking about this actually recently that I feel like if I didn't start my spiritual journey and working with a spiritual mentor first, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have been able to approach working with a therapist in the same way that I Would have back then because I just wouldn't have been as open to seeing things differently. I feel like I would have been more stuck in, uh, how I grew up or how I was trained or conditioned to believe things to be. So, um, for me, not for everyone, but for me particularly, I do feel like it was, uh, important for me to go through that first. And then now, um, therapy is a lot easier for me. And I'm just like, okay, that makes sense. Let me just go do it. So far, I would have been I'm, like, I
0: don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's relatable. And I'm glad to know this too, because I feel like I, I, I learned a lot of Aussie through watching the show and a lot of the childhood trauma is, you know, relatable and understandable, but I really didn't know that much about you, Sam. So it's interesting to hear about your spiritual journey and about, you know, your prior relationships and what got you, both of you, To each other and like uh, to the show. So thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah. So is there anything else? Like what's something else that we don't know about the both of you that we didn't get to learn on the show? Like what's a, what's an interesting thing?
1: Um, I mean, we did meet during the pandemic online, so we do feel like it was, um, kind of one of these destined things. I mean, I have talked about this briefly, but I, my previous relationship um was one that was in the closet. It was a closeted relationship, even though I had come out already. And so I was honestly just looking for a spiritual community, LGBT community. I felt like I was just like, hiding for so long and there was this thing inside of me that was just like you're meant to be with the LGBT community but like you're not so I feel like I had this feeling of almost being like closed in but my like inside I was wanting to like explore and like burst open and so coincidentally when the pandemic happened and everything shut down and went virtual I was like here's my opportunity I can't just be like walking around outside and some person sees me that shouldn't be seeing me like with my past partners. So I was there looking for community and I was still with my past partner at the time. And Aussie was also just looking to satisfy being an extrovert, being thrust into. (laughs) Lockdown Lockdown was so (laughs) hard.
2: People deprivation.
1: (laughs) Totally like friendship stage for a long time. And then I just had this like, it was almost like this message just dropped into me of like, i it's time to cut the cord with like my ex and so i went through this um period of learning about other people's stories because there was a group of us who were queer, almost chatting every a yeah a queer group mm-hmm. chatting almost every night and so just through hearing people's stories i was like oh i know that this relationship isn't right for me anymore yet i'm still in it and so yeah
2: yeah <laughs> um i feel like the pandemic did a lot of things um resetting my button of always being on the go 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 work 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 and staying busy um and it was the second weekend of the lockdown where I felt this like like exhale like you know that movie waiting to exhale exhale. yes I I exhaled for the first time in a long time and I thought oh I don't feel like I have to leave the house like it's just I, I can stay home you know um, and so that's when things started happening. And I met Sam on that online support group for queer women. Um, uh, you know, just a, an amazing group because it was a lifeline at the time to stay connected. Um, and that's when I think things were, I don't know how to, it, it was just miraculous almost. Um, where I, someone who always, you know, was like fearful of marriage and like, kind of like I need to make sure they're the right person. The first time I talked to Sam on the phone, the crazy thing was I got off the phone with her and I was like, is that the person I'm supposed to marry? And I don't even know where that thought came from. And I said it out loud because I was, you know, home alone. And I was like, what are you saying? What are you I'm like, she's with someone. <laughs> she has a girlfriend. Um, And so it, it just was a really, it is, I... A twin flame thing, um, I, I don't I had that that um that um that term has a lot of baggage around it, but I really learned the definition of twin flames through Sam and I was like, I think we are meant to and it's not an easy process, it's not like your soulmate, you know, meeting your soulmate and everything's like happy dummy you know. This is a, a relationship where we're gonna have our stuff come up. This is where we're gonna have to really dig in and, and work at on, on ourselves um and but I know that once we get over that hump it's just going to be deeper and deeper love um more and more you know richer um and and rewards so yeah it's I I really feel that and I think that's also another thing that we feel that it's our fuel to um you know better ourselves and um grow the relationship
1: yeah and the the um The queer women's group that we were in that's where we also met Charmaine so we've mm-hmm. we've made some lifelong friends through there and being on set was actually the first time um that we had met in person so <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so we had wow. been friends for at least a year probably a year or a year and a half and yeah on set was the first time we ever met like literally in the same physical space <laughs>
0: That's really cool. Actually,
1: this is, that's, I always
0: hear about support groups and I thought about getting in some myself, like just because I have anxiety or like whatever to connect with other people, but the power of support groups to put people in your lives that I have the same intention as you is so yeah. important. Do, is there, is it like a website or an, like, do you want to plug how you like, where you guys?
1: It started meet as a meetup group, I believe. And then the woman, her name is Jody who created it. She has a Facebook group now It probably has thousands of people worldwide now. But um, at the time she was hosting these virtual happy hours every single day, like during seven the- days a week for several months during the pandemic.
2: Happened. Just to support the community so she's an amazing amazing person yeah, yeah it's called so many women so little time
1: <laughs> oh my god i love the name too how fun thank you for plugging that yeah it was also like a really at the time it was like very intergenerational too so Mm -hmm. I mean that's where some of the stories that I was hearing it was like people in their 50s and 60s and so I was able to reflect on my own like relationships through hearing their stories and so it was such an amazing amazing uh group Mm -hmm. for us yeah yeah
0: (laughs) It sounds like you guys are both kind of relationship people as well. Like both yeah. of you find enjoyment <laughs> out of having companionship and being understood yeah. and sharing yeah. the small moments. So this is a question that was written into me. And um, they would like to know how do both of you think that your childhood relationships affected you in your adult relationships?
1: <laughs> do you want to start or uh, you go first? I have a lot to say. That's a that is. That's, a good, that's a good question. Oh, um, 100%. It affects everything. <laughs> and I've come to learn that more and more. Um, But for myself, I've been almost like always in relationships since I was, was honestly in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've been in a relationship. But I've also kind of always known that that's just who I am and so at the same time though I'm an independent person so most people would hear that and just be like oh so you just like need somebody and it's like no you said it earlier like I feel like I'm just a very relational person I enjoy like I enjoy company and you know each of those relationships I feel have taught me something different within um, just my life as a whole so like a lot of my earlier relationships had to do, like I know for a fact it was like low self-worth, low value, a lot of insecurities, um, just like the whole idea of, what is that called again? Oh, enabling. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm an enabler. <laughs> that, is <my> issue. <laughs> that is something I have been working on is not enabling um but that it's just something that I've I've come to learn about myself and so also learning about having an anxious attachment and what that looks like and so that was like now I'm more conscious of it but before that was my incessant need to have to try to fix things right away because of that anxious attachment and so now I'm getting used to like oh I could actually just sit here and take care of myself and not have to worry about how the other person's doing or you know sacrifice my well-being just at the expense or at the expense of my own well-being go and help somebody um in that moment so it's like a lot of that has been a way for me to reflect on things now and it it just gives me something to base my current experiences off of and I can just evaluate them I can learn from them reflect and uh yeah it's just helped me become healthier and healthier um over the years (laughs)
0: That's, that's what partners are for as well, because it really is hard to do all of the work on our own, you know, and sometimes too, we can't figure out what's wrong with us until someone tells us, like, yeah. sometimes I need my partner to be like, well, you're kind of really reactive this month. And I'm like, yeah, I need to go back to therapy. Like I am pretty <laughs> reactive. So, but it's good. And, and, you know, it's good to acknowledge one thing that you're not, it you may be an enabler, but you're not, not self-aware. And that's huge. Some people that aren't is. self-aware. That so is.
2: That's the first step of uh, healing, isn't it? So you have to, so like you're saying, your partner just holds up the mirror for you, your intimate partners. Um, so I know that for me, a uh, thousand percent, my family, relational issues uh, and lack of modeling um, definitely affected every area of my life. Um, and I didn't know that it affected my professional life as well until only uh, recently before we went to filming where I had a toxic work environment that I was um working through and I remember Sam going, why don't you just quit? And I was like, I can't quit. I can't just quit. Um and it took me six more months staying in that really horrible um toxic environment. And it it I couldn't, it was affecting my like mental health and my health. And I couldn't do it any longer. That it forced me to quit for the first time in my life. But that opened the doors to reflecting on moments of those interactions and going, Oh wow, certain um, authoritative figures. I I've, I was put back into when, you know, when I was a kid, <laughs> like reacting Absolutely. or, you know, fawning. That, that's my actual favorite response <laughs> to <laughs> uh, is to fawn and please and um, I'll do whatever you say. I'll work myself. To, and I was, I, I got injured at work, you know, I worked myself to the bone. Um, so it's it's just those things that I was like, oh, wow, it's affecting my professional life. It's coming out in those ways as well. And I knew that it affected my um, intimate partnerships um, from previous relationships but uh it's it's so pervasive because everything is connected because you're bringing yourself to every situation whether it's your friendships or your partnerships or your uh, or your boss or your you know or your community so um but the whole uh experiment that we went on has been um a blessing in in disguise <laughs> Because sometimes it's like, was that, was I, was I, did, what did I do to myself by going through that? <laughs> <laughs> But it, it is in the end, um, in every moment, uh, I learned in the show to stand up for myself. I'm, I'm a people pleaser, I'm recovering codependent. So it was really hard to walk out um in those in those scenes when when I walked out on Mildred that was very hard for me to do but I was proud of myself in the end I did it even speaking um up like putting calling somebody in I I don't want to say calling somebody out but calling somebody in I wasn't able to do it and that wasn't shown uh at the changeover but Those were my struggles, Um, but I had, I just had my spirituality to rely on in in the whole experience because I wasn't able to communicate with Sam, Um, you know, you're filming, you're not in communication with your friends, like as readily available. So I had to lean on myself and it was my first time that I ever had to rely on my internal agency. What should I do? What should I say? What should, how should I react? And so I had to go inward and, um, I really had to meditate a lot, had to really, um, find my own inner strength and trust my own gut to respond in certain ways. Um, so I did the best I could in those moments, but looking back, I'm like, oh, I actually did the right thing. I actually responded in a way that was kind and compassionate. I didn't allow myself to get in a reactive mode because that's, that's, that was what I was trying to accomplish. Actually, I don't want to be like the, uh, typical reality TV show responses. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I wanted to show, hey, there's another way to conflict. (laughs) You can be kind and you can still like not lose yourself in those moments and and, um, hold your ground and and still show respect and compassion to the other. So I did the best I could. um, But it it afforded me to do that self-growth. And it wasn't until the reunion when I did speak up when that was happening between tilth and mildred when it was triggering me again about you know my my trial marriage experience it i it was so hard to speak up but i i did it <laughs> i finally did it yes. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, it was so <laughs> scary it was just so like but i i got those i stumbled it out I, i'm so that was my internal journey i don't know if you could see it from the outside but that was what i was struggling with to be able to speak the truth, to be able to stand up for myself, to be able to stand up for others, um, instead of just being a doormat, um, which has been in my professional life, which has been in my personal relationships. So that was my growth, and I'm so grateful that afforded me to do those, do that. Yeah.
0: I'm really proud of you. I'm glad that you brought up Mildred because I was going to say the magnitude of your ability to walk away in those moments is huge. And the the misconception, because all of us project our past experience as, as we watch reality TV. So some may see you walk out on Mildred and that is triggering to someone who feels like their voice isn't heard. However, what you're doing is so important for your self-growth and your self-worth because it's not avoiding conflict. It's avoiding mistreatment um, and avoiding emotional abuse. And I think yelling at someone in an unkind way is that, personally.
1: Yeah. And I think just the other misconception too is that just because someone's saying something in a calm way and not yelling that it's like, then they're not coming off in a passive aggressive or like a, like a harsh energetic way. Um, but that's not just the truth. And things can definitely be said that are very targeted and it doesn't have to be yelling. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It's an, it's an energetic uh I I felt the energy the energy there um and then you didn't Mm -hmm. see the two days before when we didn't have filming um and I'm probably not allowed to talk about those things but um there's a lot that's not shown and so it's
1: absolutely standalone incident it's like days of
0: I could tell it was a repeated (laughs) thing you know whenever yeah (laughs) Yeah. I'll say it for you reading between the lines I could <laughs> I could visually see that that's not the first time it happened even the reference of you reacting this way when cameras are on I disagree I think that you were being yourself I think that you were being very kind as you Were to everybody that you spoke with. And I think it's hard to be kind when someone is so abrasive. And even if they're not abrasive, when you hear something curt that just cuts you, if it's if it's said it harshly, um, it's really hard to just walk away and not one up it, you know, so that that takes a lot of growth
2: appreciate you saying that um a lot of I can't totally team team Aussie
0: team Sam on this podcast (laughs) I can't can't help me a lot through that experience I'm telling you (laughs) yes I should have been there like rallying (laughs) you all so I also had this written in and it was how do you think that your cultural differences or similarities impact your relationship
1: (laughs) very much so (laughs) Um, yeah, I am fourth generation on both my mom and dad's side. I also had, um, for I just had a very different life experience than Aussie altogether. <laughs> um, I had been born and raised in LA, just like, um, I think being around different types of personalities, I think I had more experience with that. And then in some ways, we also have an 11 year age gap. So we just absolutely in every way have different. I forget <laughs> that every time. Yeah. Different life experience. Different life experiences. Yeah. Um, and then even just in terms of like past relationships, yeah. I, ha- I didn't even, well, a lot of people still don't have this, but without having representation um, growing up, I didn't even know what it was what it meant to be like in the LGBT community whatever that meant or different like um, forms of sexuality or gender identities and all the things I just was not exposed to it other than I knew a couple of people in my high school and they were not very nice and so I just had like not the most positive representation back then and so I just lived my life as like a straight cis person for like 20 years and I had several periods of just confusion and not understanding or having the like um pushback of not looking gay enough or whatever it is or just because at the time like I had a boyfriend I was all of a sudden not part of the community so I experienced a lot of that too and then I got to the point where I was like I guess I'll just be whatever makes sense based on who I'm with and that was great thing too and now I'm just like I'm just gonna say I'm pansexual I don't have any preference and I don't care but if it helps other people in terms of my identity great. But for me, I'm just like, it doesn't really matter to me (laughs) anymore. (laughs) I like
0: that journey. That's interesting to know. And it actually makes a lot of sense because while I can't identify because I am, you know, cisgender straight, um, I was raised in a religious household, so I questioned everything. Can I masturbate? Can I date? You know, anything. Can -hmm. can I swear? Am I going to be struck down, you know, if I think the (laughs) F word? So I questioned everything and, you know, didn't have great representation of even being a great ally or even understanding things Mm -hmm. until, you know, college or late high school.
2: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm for yeah, for me, um, and this might not be clear on what's out there, but I did come out to my parents um and it wasn't a good experience. Um, it ended up being a physical altercation and it I left home. Um, getting getting emotional. Um, so I've been on my own since I was 18, 19. Well, while you <laughs> collect myself. Yes, yeah.
1: yeah. so one of the things that we've been looking into too was Providing the representation for a traditional Asian culture and recognizing that this isn't something that we actually see almost at all, especially Absolutely. Asian and queer Asian, and it's very different than a lot of what we see out there. And so that's part of
2: yeah, part of part of my um, my backstory and why um i haven't um introduced them to sam yet um and like i said i've been out of the house for you know since i was 18 19 so uh i've lived my life out and proud that whole time and um you know gone through my own journey of like self-acceptance and um and like you i grew up in a i I wouldn't it, it i was raised catholic you know so yes there's that trauma with god <laughs> yep. it's very triggering um so, but but i had my own spiritual transformative experience in 2011 that helped me find my own god and what god means to me and a personal relationship with God so I freaking love God (laughs) you know like my God
0: (laughs) I love Um, your God
2: (laughs) so um so that that's been a journey of mine where um you know I would say my parents are semi estranged I mean I would from my end um yes we stay in touch by text and that sort of thing and um I repaired I, I wanted to repair my relationship with my mom so I put the effort in there and I think we kind of you know do but it's just like they're in denial you know they're in denial of um you know my first serious you know partner live in partner and we even went back to my home country which is Burma and um you know my dad is just can't accept it um and so had a huge fight with him on that trip, um, in relationship to my partner. Um, and ever since then, it's just, I would try over time. I would try to like educate or like, Hey, um, but it just never has worked. And so it's always been like, I try one step, two step, and then I'm like pushed back 10 more steps. And after over time, you kind of stop wanting to try and you just kind of, you know, you live your own life and, um, they don't get to have, all the parts of me, they don't get to know all of the things that, you know, because they don't accept that part of me. So right now I'm in the process of figuring out um, when and if even would I want to um, uh, involve them because right now they're in their protective bubble right so for me to and and they're not affecting my life at all I'm I'm doing my thing I'm living my best life um so if I go and say hey mom and dad um here's Sam it's like I am bursting their own protective bubble that they've don't want it down so it's, it's more like do I do that um is that hurting them am I um, am I hurting myself? Like, it's just those questions. Like, and of course, you have that fear of, like, finally, if I do that, are they going to completely, you know, completely go off the rail and I don't have any relationship with them? You know, it nobody wants to not have a relationship with their parents, you know, absolutely. It's, it's out of necessity for the situation and sometimes more complex. Um, they've got their own uh, traumas and their own things that they are dealing with that I will maybe never know. Um, so it's very complex. Um, and and so I'm, I'm in that middle space right now. Um, I'm hoping to get inspiration and guidance from the universe. And um, it's not like when we do get married, it's not like I'm not going to give them an invite. They will get an invite. It's just a matter of do I burst their protective bubble right now or later or if ever (laughs) um but my siblings both of them um they're like my family my chosen family has been my family all my life um so those are my support and those are my you know true (laughs) allies and um that's what I want to focus on and um and if they only want to get a 20% part of me because that's how they feel comfortable um that's, that's, you know, what I'm figuring out.
0: Absolutely. First of all, thank you for sharing that because I, I believe that that's something that a lot of people would identify with that struggle of do I, do I, don't I, and you can tell that, your people pleasing you know comes back into effect because even you know you're so kind hearted that you don't want to disappoint your parents and you don't want to you know take the veil off if they want to keep it on um and that is an extra layer for you to carry a- on top of what you're already experiencing so right. i just want to impart just love and prayers and hope that you know the universe does send you guidance because I don't think there's ever a great time. I found out a lot of things in my life that surprised me and a lot of things about my family that were were shocking. And I I got the sense that I was being protected from it, you know, for a long time. And Mm -hmm. if I could have had, if I could have told the people who were protecting me to stop, you know what I mean? And to just Mm -hmm. live their lives, I would. So just saying that aspect to you.
2: I appreciate that, Leah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is my next question. And this is gonna take us off of the as heavy stuff. And now we're gonna kind of talk about someone. (laughs) Not really, not talking (laughs) negatively, but we're just I have a question about the host. I've been dying to ask. Did you feel like it was a bit of a disservice or did you feel like it was great? The fact that you know, she was not a part of the queer community and that she is just a straight cisgender, you know, white woman. Like, does that impact the ability to, to connect or did it feel good?
1: Uh, I mean, we're definitely team Joanna. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we loved, we loved having her there. And yes, it in some ways it could have been helpful for certain conversations to have a queer identifying host. But, you know, we've talked a lot about this just on our own of like the importance of really just having someone who has had the healing and the life experience, the compassion, the empathy and the genuine care. Um, And also she just had such a sweet and caring and loving um, just like aura to her. And so when you're just like thinking about creating um, as safe of a space as possible, for us to, you know, um, communicate or express ourselves like she was just such a sweet and kind person.
2: Yeah, I personally had um, an amazing experience with Joanna. Um, particularly on the on the changeover date, changeover, yeah, uh-huh. where um I couldn't see Sam because she was in my eyeliner at the other end of the opposite, um straight down the um table. And so in the moment which wasn't shown, but um difficult moment when Tiff, you know, was obviously setting up with their partner, um, and there was just uh slander <laughs> my character coming across the table. Um, And it it just put me in a shell shocked position. I just never thought someone would do that in front of everybody. So it just was this compassionate like glance where Jonah looked at me and just supported me through that. uh, Really big time helped me through that night because we weren't even able to move in together. It was supposed to be we're supposed to move back in with Sam after that um, that shoot but I had to stay on my own, didn't have any support. And as somebody who struggles with, um, you know, like, you know, self-acceptance and love, and I was like, oh, Sam doesn't love me. No one supports me. But that look from Joanna was what helped me through. Um, And she has in other moments as well where I feel like she's gone through her own life journey. um, And even though she doesn't have the queer experience, as a safe, kind Um, empathetic person it really helped me through yeah through the experience
1: and we were thinking too that um she brought a neutrality to her too because everything was just about wanting to get clarity or find an understanding and so For a show like this to come out, I mean, it's making a statement in itself. And like, yeah. I've just been on this mission to not just empower our community, but empower allies, because when it comes to the whole movement, um, when it comes to the whole like just equality and all the things like allies are so crucial to all of it. And so she was able to act as this neutral person who wasn't bringing any of her like queer um, experiences um to the table and seeing through that lens but it was really just somebody who wanted to understand and through that i feel like there was a level of allowing audiences to also Understand and know that you don't have to be queer to understand someone else's story who is queer. And I was like being nosy and looking at her comments on some of her posts and there were a lot of people saying, I wouldn't have seen the show if you weren't the host or I'm only watching this because you're in it. And so I'm like, that is a huge part of it. Like getting audiences who would not naturally watch this content to learn and understand and hear stories. And so when we look at the greater picture of like why she was chosen, Mm -hmm. we're just like all for Joanna.
0: Thank you for breaking that down because you have just convinced me. I mean, that was that, that all of those points make sense. And at first I was coming from the lens of I'm not really sure, like, uh, you know, to, to me, it kind of stands out, but that actually makes a lot of sense. And that there is truth to that too, because, you know, as an ally, I would want to still feel like a safe place to speak and be heard and empowered and validated um so yeah thank you for saying that that's a great perspective and I needed it so I'm sure that somebody else will benefit from hearing that yeah
2: I think reach is important too there right um because we can't make change in the world unless we have allies like that is so key (laughs) so having Joanna as the perfect ally to um facilitate um that was super important did you guys
0: have access to therapy throughout the process like was there therapist that you were able to be with
1: not on site but we did have the opportunity to work with our own outside of it how would you do that like
0: what does that mean
1: um, just scheduling an appointment with your own. Um, I think the only thing too is just that they're not necessarily educated in supporting for someone on a show. I feel like that's a very unique skill set to have. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. even just like, even afterwards finding care mental health support um for example i was very fortunate i was able to find somebody who i feel like can understand and i feel able to work with her whereas you know there was a little bit of like um difficulties finding somebody who can understand how to support
2: well yeah i'm looking for a trauma-informed therapist and um, thank you for bringing that up because the mental health care system here in the United States is very shoddy <laughs> um even if you have insurance um it's still very like they're overbooked, they don't have space for new patients or um so then and you're also because you're you know this is a relational healing situation, you want to be able to trust that person, have a rapport with that person. so it's almost like shopping for a partner, right? like you have to be able to be able to do that work so on top of that, you've got the insurance can you afford it all these things on top of it that um makes it very difficult to find the right person so um yeah I still struggle with finding a trauma-informed therapist that is that I can connect with that I can you know share and um continually work work on, work towards so uh, and I was ex- actually expecting to have somebody on site because of the right. process that we went through and that would have been very helpful like um absolutely I, I would imagine that
0: somebody to consult with that's that's right there and and to intervene after maybe you're activated or triggered from something would have been like key, <laughs> would right? Been. I can't even I can't even think of the proper words because it just would have been paramount, you know. Paramount. Um, yeah. yeah, like it it would have been very helpful. Um, yeah. And we are in a mental health crisis, this country. I mean, I called at least sixty eight different therapists before I found mine, and. Yeah it ranges from not accepting new patients to um, I felt unheard within the first 10 minutes, you know, so it's truly a struggle. Like you said, it's like finding a partnership because you're getting ready to embark on and somewhat something you've never done before. It's like, you know, anytime you do something new for the first time or access new parts of you, it's very vulnerable.
2: Absolutely. Um, it, I also want to add even culturally sensitive um, therapist is another thing as well, where they can understand, um, you know, the background that I'm from. Just because, you know, I got straight A's and I, you know, am successful in my professional life and all of these things, um, the achievement and things like that. It, um, there doesn't you know there is this like the the, the model minority myth right like it it it, yes. it just because you, on the outside it looks like everything's great and shiny it doesn't mean that you don't have you know difficulties at home or you had difficulties at, um, in, in your childhood um that were that are now in, like very pervasive in your adult life so um yeah just trauma informed um culturally sensitive uh, even gender for me is important. So yeah, very hard to find um, the right, the right therapist.
0: I'm going to send someone to you after we hang up just because I believe she's in LA and I believe she's all of those. So I'm going to pass someone along and hopefully, Yeah. yeah, something will come of that. But another tip I was just told by my therapist yesterday that for somebody searching for therapists, um, psychologytoday.com has a lot of filters, I guess, that you can use. And I haven't yeah. been on that site. So if you already have, but yeah.
2: Yeah, I have. <laughs> okay. So for anybody listening. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Get yeah. therapy, people. Yes. <laughs> and we may
0: be in it may be in low demand, but it's still worth pursuing. And that was part of what held me back was knowing that too. That I was like, should I even try? Like, what's the point? Like, all of my friends have shitty therapists. So should I do it? But then I got, you know, a blessing. So I recommend everyone to go to therapy.
1: Yeah. And actually a friend of mine had recommended Open Path Collective, which is also really good yeah. for um those who are struggling financially. And so um uh, there's a lot of quality people on there too. It's not just like, you know, if you're gonna go get your haircut and you go to the school and you have a 50% chance of getting someone <laughs> who does a good cut. Uh, <laughs> they they tell you like the level <laughs> of experience and how many years and things. So there are some really good ones on there too. That sounds like my whole
0: childhood. Will it be a good cut? Will it not be a good cut? Go to
1: school with like really
0: interesting lawyers. You know, it happens. So I want to end with just something fun. What's the best date that you have ever been on? Like, what's the best date you two have been on?
1: Oh, the best date. (laughs) Yeah. Like our first one was very interesting that was the best one. Yeah, like cuz we because it was in the middle of the pandemic so a lot of our first dates were all at the park doing Outside. picnics. Yeah. <laughs> doing what? Like having
0: picnics. Okay. <laughs> I thought you said doing pancakes. I was like, oh, <laughs> like, did you guys, but that is kind of the same thing. Okay. So you guys yeah, had picnics and, in the park.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it was like my first time really like leaving the house too at the time. So I was just like this very um, sensitive ball <laughs> that was just like, oh man, I don't remember what it's like to be out like outside Over-stim- of the house. <laughs> stimulated as an introvert as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> So she was very scared. Like her energy was like hiding in the corner. There, I was driving us to pick up our lunch and everything, and I I was just practically like this, yeah, like like looking
0: out the window, like
2: that. Your whole body pointed the other way. Maybe she doesn't like me. Maybe this was a you know. Maybe she thinks, oh no, I met the person and they're not the same. But but when we when. Sam finally got you know used to being outside and being with people again <laughs> um I said to her can I hold your hand and then um she nodded she didn't speak for a long time she didn't speak. <laughs> she nodded and I was like body oh language
1: <laughs> And like we just had this moment where it's like the whole universe was like and I think they caught a clip of me saying this in the show too when they're introducing everyone where it was like it really felt like the scene in the movie where I'm so like still. I don't know just yeah like you're just all of a sudden connected with like the leaves rumbling in the trees and like the wind that was flowing and the the song that was perfectly playing I saw, this, I saw the stream of sunlight
2: flowing through the leaves and I was holding her and I was just like oh my gosh like this is ecstasy like this is amazing and it was just like time just so still and yeah. it was just magical it really was I I mean, it's hard to top that again. But I think like you know, like restaurants and things like that. But it's yeah, we've had some. That's magical. I don't even want to go on a date again. I
0: want that. I want someone to say that they watched the sun through the leaves on my hair. Butterflies. Right, Christian, step your game up. If if my boyfriend is listening to this, like talk about me better. I love that. That was great. Do you have anything that you that either of you would like to say as we wrap up? Anything that's on your hearts? Anything you'd like to plug?
1: I mean, not, not necessarily, but I mean, it was really nice getting to chat with you. I feel like that same kind of like feelings yeah. of how we were talking about Joanna, like allies are so important. And so um, we already knew you had really good energy. So of yes. course, that's why we also agreed to do this. <laughs>
2: I, I just want to say everyone out there, um, be kind, be compassionate and keep shining your light because the world needs it.
0: Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. And be kind and open listening to this episode. Send me positive thoughts, comment positive things on Aussie and Sam's Instagram. Just send love, <laughs> spread love. That That's oh how we're going to end this. Yes,
2: Absolutely.